You are listening to 2 plus 3 equals 6 with Tom and Jenna. I'm so glad it's come to this. Life has brought you here. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank. So this is about dating. Thank and, you. Um, just the experiences we had with dating up until this point. And we wanted to cover how you know when it's just not it. Because it's not necessarily a tangible thing. But sometimes you can point to specific red flags, or not necessarily even a red flag. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it's just something's off. So we like were just going to touch fine. on... The person is fine, but they do give you a vibe. Yeah, or there's something off between you. Yeah. Yeah, dating sucks. So this, this whole conversation, this is like the second time that we're recording this. Because um, I don't think I saved the original file, <laughs> which which is part of the problem. But for for whatever reason, right now in our marriage, we're talking about our dating quite a bit, and and how much it sucks. And of course, there's the but not with yous moments, you know, <laughs> you know. But well, I mean, because we're backtracking on this, like we have our baby now, and. Yep we're both rethinking our choices and like, what if, you know, cause we're exhausted and sleep deprived and trying to figure out how to take care of six kids. So, so we went down the what if route and, and you can do that all day. You, you can. And, um, and it will make you depressed mm-hmm. if you do the what ifs. But then what came out of it was some interesting dating stories and we ended on a happy note, which yeah, is we why, argue. Yeah, we, didn't why argue. we found each other, but like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So I guess, you know, so we met each other when I was 33 and he was 41. Yeah. Yeah. And I was young. And so we obviously had some dating history before that. And, and I keep saying how I probably wouldn't have liked him. Um, And I'm convinced, so I'm convinced that she would have liked me. Um, so maybe we should start there. What was your date? So you're 42 now. What yeah. was your dating his? What were you, what was it like in your? What were you like in your 20s? Awesome. <laughs> like I told, like I told you. So uh, so just to give you a little bit of background, God. I tried some of my moves uh, that I used in my 20s with her the other night. Uh, they did not hit, um, and I kind of backed. I, I kind of backpedaled. A little bit with like, oh, but it's the setting, and like, and she's like, I wouldn't have liked that. (laughs) That wouldn't have been me. But no, my dating history, um, it's pretty sweet. Like, I'm not not gonna lie, it was pretty sweet because in my early twenties, I wasn't very interested in in anything long term. Um, So unique. Yeah, I was convinced that. I was convinced that I was going to be a bachelor for life. It was going to be amazing. Um, and, you know, I'm going to be this rich and famous author and movie director. You know, so so I didn't get too involved. Like, I hate to say it, but I dated a lot. Um, but I didn't get too serious until, like, my mid-20s when, you know, I... So let's pause there. Maybe that's part of the problem in your 20s. And this isn't unique to you because believe me, I love you and believe you're very talented. But that's part of it in your early 20s is you don't know yourself and you think you're a lot more awesome than you you actually are. are. And you really don't realize it till you get older and you look back on all the times you thought you were right or all the times you thought you knew everything or all the times you had one 
experience and then that made you an expert yep. you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. like like you you don't understand how little you know till you get older and find yeah. out the hard way and so and you look back and you yeah just think how stupid you were you know <laughs> like or how like or even like just how in love you thought you were at mm-hmm. this time period with this person but it was probably the most toxic relationship you'd ever had because it was just this you know make a breakup situation very dramatic you know movie style like fake romance or whatever but um most of my dating most of my dating was uh, in between you know like obviously like 18 to 24 25 mm-hmm. and um it was more like it felt like more like it was a group setting and then you know like a group setting of dates not just a one-on-one type scenario like there were one-on-one scenarios but it was mostly going to a, a, a show with my friends and a group of her friends and commingling with those groups and then end of the night you know splitting off or you know whatever it might be so it was um, a lot of group dates there was a lot of group dates mm. it was a lot of group dates like riffing off our friends and things like that you know um but then you know like one girl would catch my attention and we'd maybe go out for a date and it was all stereotypical dates back then it was you know yeah what'd you do drink <laughs> Dr- drink like and that's probably where i thought yeah i'm mr smooth <laughs> you know like i'm i'm really cool because like here i am just drunk basically <laughs> um well what did you like okay so you drank like would you go to a bar together yeah or would you just... like we'd meet up at a bar after work or we'd uh um you know go bowling i know you hate bowling but like Fuck there's bowling. not much to do up north you know so like going bowling doing the whole like fake like i suck at this and then when you actually hit down a pin you just think you're awesome you know like you know that kind of Mm -hmm. flirting um so yeah so yeah we would drink and drive around and then like go park someplace and you know sit on the roof of our car i'm not kidding like actually like Like, actually okay yeah yeah so now here's the thing what did you talk about myself most likely like when I think about it, like what I was like experiencing back then, like I look looking back, I probably just talked about myself and dreams because I was really into like talking about, you know, what I'm going to be kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that probably helped romanticize the the date a little bit. Like, oh my God. On her end? On her mean? end. Yeah. Oh, like, of course, uh... I'd ask questions about, you know, her and they would... I would listen to them and, but we'd, we'd always like, I kind of feel like that's what I talked about was just simply dreams and, um, what we were going to do and we should do this. Like a lot of planning ahead that never came to fruition, you know? Plus I dated a lot of people that had terrible family fights like now when I think about it like the majority of people I dated it was always like I hate my dad I hate my mom I hate my brother or something there was always some content of like some sort of screwed up family life that that um, that they wanted to share were you witness to these fights I was, was witness to like one like I was like they... witness to one and it was kind of one of those things where she was like 23 years old nothing against living at your parents but she was 23 years old spoiled and like 
like her parents wanted her home at a certain time and you know since she's 23 she doesn't feel like she has to be home at a certain time but it's their house though too right so um okay so <laughs> lost a train of um, thought no no i actually have a question but i want to see where this is gonna go um so so my question is like on so maybe part of the problem with you is a little bit of arrogance like you said where it was like you were focused on what you would become Mm -hmm. not what you are right maybe use that as a move to romanticize things so basically (laughs) you were kind of a douche um which is why i think i wouldn't have liked you but that's that's another conversation well i was nice i wasn't like a I didn't just talk about myself, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying that that's probably most likely what what those dates transpired of is really just talking about what we're going to be, mm-hmm. not necessarily what's in front of us. Because I'm sorry, but in your early 20s, what do you really have to say about life aside from what's ahead of you? Think about it. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's I had some a bad people who've been through some shit. But well, yeah. yeah, no, there there um, is, but I mean, <laughs> had a bad day. Okay, I sweet God. Okay. No, but I mean, at 23 years old, you're, you're out. This quad. The quad. You... Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm going back to my 20s. Yeah. No. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, no one has anything interesting to say in their early 20s. I guess is what I'm saying, and I'm, what I mean by interesting, I just mean like we haven't really experienced life yet. Most people are getting out of college or they're, or they're still in school and they're working all the time. And it's kind of like what's in front of them is the most interesting thing. And what I mean by that is it's like, okay, they went to school, they went to work. Something happened at work, they talk about it. Some drama's going on at work. Some drama's going on at school, they share it. They talk about it. But it's really not interesting yet, you know, because you haven't lived it, experienced it. And, um, and the other person might not be in the same category they might not have the same problems their problems are different from yours so so it was an interesting conversation you know it was maybe this is who I was in high school three years ago mm-hmm. you know and that wasn't interesting and I don't think I don't think people want to hear about um, I don't think people want to hear about uh, my love for Star Wars for four hours you know so so that's not not interesting stuff now that i've lived a little bit like our conversations now that we have are interesting because we have all these stories that we can tell and we have all these thoughts and ideas that some of them we put into practice and they've worked or failed or you know so now at our age we have these experiences that we can actually share with people right on those dates but we're not dating we're married but well, that brings me to a thought I have, because I wanted to ask you what was missing, but like, I mean, for the 20, 20 year old part, it's like, this is a part that I think can extend even beyond your 20s, because this was part of my problem with dating in my late 20s and early 30s, is too many people don't know how to make meaning out of their experiences, so they're boring. Like, they yeah. don't, they just kind of live day to day and for me that's what was off and they don't think about anything and so um when you're in your 20s you you don't necessarily know how to filter out what matters and what Mm -hmm. doesn't and you don't know 
how to make meaning out of something that happened in your life and you don't may always know how to learn from it or how to you know so like that's maybe part of the issue too is it's like there's just you don't realize how much you don't know and so I guess I want to know like what okay because because some people do meet someone between the ages of 18 and 24 and mm-hmm. stick it out I guess I don't know what that's like but um right but let me ask, like, okay, so so with you, it's like you were maybe focused on yourself a lot. But what <laughs> if we if we so go bad. back to what was missing? Yeah. What was because because really, did you did it ever go beyond a few dates or so, a few months? Like, yeah. did you ever actually meet anyone that stuck during that time? Or yeah, no? um, like a few people, like, but it wouldn't last more than two, three months though at a time. Cause I, it, and, and it was just something where the, it didn't, it didn't fully click or maybe it's something I didn't want. Um, or in truth, there was someone else that I wanted more, you know? So, so what, what didn't click? Let's start there. What does tough. that mean? I know I we know, talked about but... this, but, um, back then early twenties would, what, what really wouldn't click, um, Oh, I mean, I dated an alcoholic. That was fun. Started fights at bars. Um, I, okay, spoiled. actually, I had a question to, about that. Hold yeah. on. Oh, okay. I want to know, but I don't want to know. What was appealing about her in the first place to you? Party you girl. With... Party girl. She had tattoos. She had the hair. She had, you know, lip piercings. <laughs> and, you know, she okay. liked punk music. She liked to go to shows. Like, mm-hmm. it, it was this whole, was like, it was this whole, like, you know, like, punk punk rock type look, right? And that was exciting to me. And she was a really nice person, sober. Um, you know, but then that particular one, it was very easy to be like, okay, what's the thing with her? Well... She got drunk and started fights at bars, and I had to break them up and pay tabs of other of other tables, and, you know, just to not get my teeth knocked out, you know. So that just gets old. Um, but like with, with like other people I was dating, a lot of the times they wanted something much more serious than I did. They wanted the, you know, they the the marriage, the kids, the, you know, the the label and it's not like I was against a boyfriend girlfriend whatever partner label it was just they wanted something more that I just wasn't at this stage in my life where I wanted to give more you know I didn't um I didn't want to continue the relationship if they were looking to get married and have kids in the next few years and you know I had one that wanted to move out to Pennsylvania you know, with me, because that's where she was going, you know, and, um, you know, another one that wanted to move out to New York, and because that's where she was going to be going to school for her, you know, next degree and whatever. So, so the, a lot of the people I dated, they just wanted more of a relationship, and I wasn't ready to give that yet, because I was still stuck in my mind that, um, that I'm going to move out to California, be a movie director and a, a writer, you know, like that, that it, it, that's just going to happen to me. Um, so I don't want to have anything stop that kind of thing, you know. And I broke up with some people that I that I actually did like a lot. But because they wanted more, I didn't want that. 
and it wasn't worth dragging them through a long-term relationship when I wasn't fully into it, you know. So, my 20s dating wasn't wasn't terrible, like, but it had its ups and downs. Um, still had a few heartbreaks in there, but nothing soul-crushing, you know? Nothing that really took me out of the game for a long time, you know? Um, then I got married. Then that went down, you know? But maybe don't go into a ton of details, I guess, but what, why, how did you, where did the, okay, now I got married come from? Like, how did that, how did you go from, okay, because, because in some ways, mm-hmm. that's kind of what dating is for a lot of people in their 20s of like, oh, you're just doing whatever and not ready to settle down. Like, how did you get to the point where it's like, okay, now I'm going to get married? So... Good question, because there was a short period of time, maybe a year, where I was like perpetually, uh, I was just dating, and I was dating two, three people at a time. None of it was serious. I'd come up with this whole mantra of being honest up front with like, I'm not looking for anything serious. Um, I, I'm, I'm dating other people. If it becomes physical, then I'm, you know, if it becomes physical, sex then I wouldn't be participating in dating other people. So I was dating multiple people at the same time. And I got really tired of that. Why? Because it was just draining. It was just, it was, it was, it was a lot of people's emotions. Some that wanted more, some that were fine with it. The ones that wanted more, I didn't want anything to do with. And the ones that didn't want more, I wanted maybe something more out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, so it so it it got kind of tiring dating, 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 dating. And then, you know, I met my first wife, you know, and it just kind of fell into place. And then stuff happened, you know, you know, stuff happened. Got so married. how did it, how did it fall into place? Like where you, you both just wanted the same thing or you thought you did or what was it? Thought we did. You know, I think thought we did. Um you know, but then we got married. We're not gonna. I don't want to go into <laughs> details as you smile coyly at me. Um, How old were you when you got married? Twenty six, turning twenty seven. Okay, something like that. Yeah, yep. Um, but then got divorced um, years later. Had two kids. Um, well, before getting divorced. Before getting divorced, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you're looking at me with like, let's skip this part kind of thing. Post-divorce dating, though, was... That's what I was going to ask yeah. about next, yeah. Post-divorce dating, though, is a whole other ballgame, though, because it's basically like 12 well, years how old, later. Yeah, how old were you then? Um, so, okay, so got married around 26, got divorced... 38, what, 37, 38? Uh, something like that. Something probably, like that, yeah. yeah. Um post-divorce dating is fun for a minute like that first month you know you're fresh out of you know a a tough situation and um you think it's going to be easy like you know like and i've never done online dating um and i'm a pretty social person in terms of like my work but you don't want to date anybody at work but you don't know anybody at post a divorce you've lost all your friends sometimes and you have no networking connection, so you kind of use what you 
what you have and what you have is just like your work and um can i pause and say something that you made me think of because here's what it's you know we're both divorced the thing is that okay this is my opinion of mm -hmm. and this is what makes dating so interesting after a divorce is if there's one thing in your life that's gonna teach you who you're not who you don't want to be, yeah. what you never want to be again. Yeah. yeah. It's getting a divorce and mm -hmm. being in an unhappy marriage before that. Right. I think it brings out the worst in people. Mm -hmm. And you have to either decide if you're going to lie to yourself if you're feeling like that or if you're <laughs> going to just get out. And so when you, if you make the choice to get out and you do kind of have that mm -hmm. excitement of, okay, I'm. Everything isn't just easy now, but I'm, I'm out of this situation. Mm -hmm. Well, then it's like, okay, so what do I actually want? Mm -hmm. And But you're also, you know, there's a lot of emotions involved, especially oh, when yeah. there's kids involved. And oh, so yeah. it's like, you know, you're not always like, all right, walking through the daisies. Now I'm free. It's like you're, no. you're sad. You're you are. angry. You're hurt. You're frustrated. Yep. You feel like you wasted this, that, and the other thing or whatever. And so it's dating post-divorce is this interesting like, okay, I know I never want this again. So what do I actually want? Mm -hmm. But also how do I manage some of these emotions while I'm in it? Right. Um, so for you, it started out with like fun excitement of okay, now I can. But it was the this. idea, though. It wasn't. It wasn't like I was uh, happy about it, you know, because like you said, there's the sad. There's some sadness, some guilt, the the kids, the changes, post divorce. But yeah, you do kind of know what you. Well, at least you think that you know. Um. What you want, and you think it's out there immediately. You think you're gonna. You actually do think you're going to find it immediately mm -hmm. within whatever groups of people that you're hanging out with. You think, okay, this is, I'm going to go on this date and it's, we're, we're going to, it's going to be fine. You know, and, and in my case, I, it, it wasn't, you know, because I feel like I did at first kind of rush out a little bit, not like out of the gate or anything, but I did rush out with the idea of, um, I'm going to find the, the, the right person right away. And I'm going to find that, you know, that connection immediately. Um, but then I realized that I've been out of the dating game for so long that it's changed and, um, and that people suck. <laughs> well, but they do, they, mm -hmm. they suck. They have their own agendas. Yeah. What does that mean for you? When you say people suck, what does that mean? Um, Oh, that's a great question. Um, at least the people that I dated post post divorce, uh, very high maintenance, high expectations of me. You know that that were that uh, they weren't able to be met. Um, quick to be like, okay, you have kids. Well, they're my kid. You know, like like not my kids, but. Mm. But they, they wanted to play a motherly role and they didn't need to, you know, and I didn't ask them to and I didn't want them meeting my kids. But there was like a push to be, a push to be um, the husband role right away after like a date, 
it's funny. It sounds like you're going back to your 20s of like all these. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they wanted something serious and I didn't. But it was probably for different reasons, right? It was different of, reasons. Like you were Def- rediscovering yourself and not looking for a parent to your children. No, and, no. Yeah. I honestly, post-divorce, I was looking just to date a little bit just to see what was out there. Um, but of course, there is that familiarity of being in a relationship even if you've been in a in a good or bad relationship for a long time and then it ends you're used to being in a relationship so there's this small part of you that feels like you have to fill that void a little bit you want to skip past the getting to know you stage and you just want to be in this relationship you know and but again it's like this whirlwind post-divorce dating though too because you go through the set you're going through the divorce you're learning about yourself you're learning what you want. You're meeting people that don't uh, necessarily meet what you want, but in one category they do, but in this they don't. So you compromise more because now you've been in a marriage where you compromised all the time. So now you're conditioned a little bit to compromise to someone that you're dating and you just don't feel that vibe with them. Mm-hmm. But you're but you're in it now. So... If I asked what was missing, mm-hmm. you know, okay, like there's some of the things that you can name, like, well, they had different expectations mm-hmm. for their role in my life or my role in theirs. But when it came to just the person, yeah, what was missing? Like, could you figure that out? Like, you know, because that comes down to the when you're dating, how do you like, what is it? How do you know when you want something more and when you don't, you know? But in your case, like what what was missing when you were dating post divorce? The what was missing is the excitement to talk to that person the next day. The excitement to see their text come up. The excitement to see them later that night, um, or you know over the weekend. That's what was missing. Was that 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 kind of that feeling like. You're looking forward to them calling you. You're looking forward to them texting you. Um, because I just got to a point with the people I dated at, out, outside the divorce um, where I just wasn't that excited. It didn't matter if, if uh, I did something with them on the weekend or if I did. It's not that I didn't have a good time with them when I hung out with them, but I wasn't, um, it wasn't fun. It wasn't, I wasn't excited to see them. I wasn't loving I guess like like I wouldn't compliment them constantly or whatever, you know. So that that was that's what was missing. It's just the excitement of hearing from them. Um, well, I had I guess I had one other thing I wanted to bring up for yours too. I guess unless if, maybe before we talk about mine a little bit more, yep. but um, we don't have time to go through this fully. But I think the last thing that maybe complicated it. For you and for me and for anybody trying to date where like your end goal is a relationship um because that's the point of because dating. well yeah is right. that you are sort of looking for someone but the problem is the concept of the roster which we touched on in the episode <laughs> yeah. that we lost because that is a lot of what dating is now and it's led to a lot of very shallow boring people um because no one expects more of them because they just are checking a box of a certain thing. Yep. And so I remember you saying before that when you got divorced, people kind of encouraged you to have a roster. Yeah. And maybe yep. do you want to explain what the roster is? Yeah, or at least what it 
appeared to be for me. So I get divorced, and you know, of course, there's the the the, the friends that uh, you hang out that are perpetually single. That basically were like, you know, you need to get a roster of people that you can call, that you can hook up with, that you can go have a drink with, that you can go on dates with. You know, nothing serious with any of them, but but you basically you need someone to call when you have a specific need, you know, or a specific itch that needed to be scratched. And I hated that idea because it was very something similar to my twenties when I was dating multiple people but not getting too serious with them. Um, but the roster wasn't ever going to work for me, though. And Yeah, so what was that similarity that makes it not work? Like, why didn't you like that? Because I didn't like it in my 20s, dating multiple people, and then all Which the, is interesting, all those different... because you were the one who kind of chose to do that. I did, want, but yeah. I was 20. Mm-hmm. Now I'm 40, and I don't want to put up with other people's bullshit. <laughs> and I don't want multiple people's emotions... Um, clouding my judgment and um taking me on adventures that i don't want to be you know if i'm not fully invested you know um so the the idea of the roster it just kind of it seemed kind of just it seemed gross to at my age be 40 be you know playing the field as if i'm as if i don't have goals in life kind of thing you know i mean you always have goals but i just mean like it just made no sense to me to to talk to multiple girls, talk to multiple people that get to know them but not give them a big part of me because I've now changed a little bit. My priorities have changed a little bit. You know, I've got twin girls, you know. Um, I've got a career, you know, that I need to focus on. I don't need multiple people interfering with that, mm-hmm. you know. And it's not like I was looking for the one you know, when I found you, it was highly unexpected that everything would just fall into place and click, you know, but it wasn't an expectation. It wasn't like, yep, I was told about this girl. I'm going to go ahead and marry this girl. Right. Like Can I didn't, go ahead. you know, like it wasn't anything like that, you know, until I met you and then, then, you know, things change and, and, you know, love flourishes or whatever you want to call it. But So, uh, so what did click then? everything clicked with you <laughs> and you're doing this on purpose um no everything yeah clicked. i just had to hear about all the people you dated so you gotta you gotta guess, oh, yeah you gotta gas me up a little bit sure. before, before no everything just clicked i'd never dated someone with kids before so that was that was something new um but it was exciting i was excited to see your texts and that was a huge thing for me i was excited to 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 talk to you after work or before bed or whatever you know like I was excited to see you that was the difference is I was actually excited to um chat with you and of course just talk and and share things with and you and I are fairly open people so when we're sharing something with with one another like we're both listening and that's something that's uncommon right actually you you know that in fact it's incredibly uncommon you know but you know, you shared stories with me. I shared stories with you. The vibe was there. The attraction was there. The, um, I hate just saying vibe, but just it, it just felt right. Mm-hmm. Felt like I was in the right place. Felt like I was talking to the right person. 
you know, and it wasn't scary. All the obstacles that we face weren't scary with you. Whereas the previous girl that I dated, she wanted to have kids. Like, you know, she wanted to have kids. And I was like, nope. <laughs> you know, like, nope, don't need any more in my life, you know. Um, <laughs> which is just ironic of the situation. And you get four. Then I get four. Additions. Additional. Yeah, additions, <laughs> you know. So, no, there was just mm-hmm. there was just that special thing. And that special thing goes unnamed because it's a variety of different things mm-hmm. of how it was different with you. Is there anything else you wanted to add before? You're very beautiful. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So I was a lot different than, than you in my 20s because I was raised to be very Christian. And I went to a college where the expectation is you get married and you you sure as hell get married before you graduate. And I wasn't... And something's wrong with you mm -hmm. if you don't. Yeah, I also had kind of a controlling boyfriend situation when I was in high school. So when I first went to college, um, you know, 18, 19, 20, I was just trying to like find myself and make friends and find Jesus and... You know, like I just, and the goal was a relationship. You didn't date around. And so I wasn't going out and whatever. It's like, I just, I wasn't out like man hunting. I genuinely enjoyed college. You know what I mean? But like, (laughs) it's one of those things where I'm on the hunt, (laughs) but, but even in that, like I got some stories of like, it's, I mean, the religious perspective is another podcast entirely, which I actually would like to do, but You'd like to do a religious podcast? No, like explain how religion can impact how you view dating. Oh, okay. Especially if it's a religion that you were raised with, but don't necessarily, like your true self does not really identify with it, how it can sort of skew what you actually want. Because that was a big part of my problem. Religion influenced a lot of my dating problems um, because... I was sort of conditioned to believe that I wanted something I didn't. And it took me a really long time, speaking of your 20s, to realize I did not want some of the religious aspects of relationships that I thought I did. Like, I really thought that's what I wanted. Um, Was like... And when I say that, it's sort of like... I guess I can simplify it. When I say when I thought that's what I wanted, I thought I wanted a husband where we would find Jesus together and go on this adventure where we both were saving the world with Jesus at our side. And <laughs> Sorry, I'm not and, laughing. I'm just um, kind of picturing. <laughs> and, you know, we would find a church that we would just like... Involve yourselves yep, in. Yeah, because that's what you do. And yeah. that's the, the key to a quote-unquote good marriage. And so, to be honest, my... I was getting out of a controlling sort of not great situation that I had in high school. And um, when I got to college, it was my Christian college. It was very much like a, yep, you're looking for your husband. You're looking for your wife. So there wasn't this whole dating around. It was like looking at potential spouse prospects on both ends. It wasn't just a women thing, men thing, whatever. It was like um, both 
like all genders were looking for the one and you got married you know um so i guess with that being said like i had a couple serious relationships in college that really led to nothing but heartbreak like they're not really worth even getting into but it's like i went from a couple serious relationships to in college so graduated college at 22 went straight into grad school and i went to grad school more in the city you know i met other friends Mm -hmm. i was exposed to more of a liberal lifestyle honestly like Mm -hmm. i wasn't so caught up in the conservative christian thing and i learned some things about myself but i was also heartbroken like it was this weird for me combination of like my early 20s of like okay i'm heartbroken because i did what i was supposed to do in college and it didn't work out or there must be something wrong with me because I'm not engaged or married yet. But I also was like, no, this is actually kind of fucked. Like that's when I started Mm -hmm. to realize it was sort of a fucked up mindset. And maybe I did want to party. Maybe I did want to date around. Maybe it was kind of fun to get multiple numbers in one night because it it was like, yeah, it it gasses gasses you up. up. It does. It makes, and I was like, okay, so let's do this, I guess. And so, And I was going out more with my new friends that I met at grad school who were a little bit more open-minded. Right. And, and at 23, 24 years mm-hmm. old and you're in the city, you mm-hmm. just feel like more of an adult too. You do. You're at these clubs mm-hmm. and you're like, you know, like you're, you're an adult. Yep. Yep. You know. And I was in grad school. Uh, yeah. So I yeah. felt like, <laughs> you know. Um, did you feel a little bit above? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, absolutely yeah. did. Yep. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm in a master's program. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, someone just has their. But actually, where I went out associates. in the city, but also where I went went out in the city, you had a mixed bag of people because yeah. you were near a lot of colleges in the city, mm-hmm. and a lot of grad schools. You met all kinds of people in school or not, whatever. But... Scholars, if you will. Oh, Jesus. Okay, <laughs> so for me though, um, part of my problem with dating is that I really. I really was trying to figure out what I actually wanted. And my dating in early 20s was either rebelling against the conservative Christian thing, and that's Mm -hmm. where I ran into some trouble because (laughs) I met some people who were (coughs) some guys who were a little bit more destructive in that, like, yeah, one was an alcoholic, Mm -hmm. um, you know, or just they kind of had that bad boy thing. And I know that sounds really textbook, but it looked really good when I was sick. What is a bad boy though? Like what is, what is this bad boy that he littered? (laughs) (laughs) He threw a cigarette butt out the window. But no, I'm sorry, but no, that was part of it. And it actually disgusted me, but I was like, all right, this is what I'm, this is what I'm getting. But he's a badass. No, no. And so it was a cigarette, but it was also like a pop can. Like I remember I saw him throw a pop can out the window and I was like, wow, what a fucking slob. But I was like, yeah, he just doesn't give a shit. Be and like, he wasn't that's unattractive. Awesome. That's the thing. Like, oh, typically, okay. so, he was attractive. Like, so, he, he, he did work out. He looked good, you know, whatever. But, like, he was just, like, <laughs> I don't know. Just, he didn't. I I, it's hard to explain. So, like, so really, when you what you're a slob, you picture someone gross. So, the reason I'm, it's like, that's what most people picture. But it's like, so, he was physically attractive. It's just. He, so he's physically mm-hmm. so a bad boy is someone who's has to be physically attractive, and that has to outweigh his litterbug tendencies. But there was something <laughs> attractive even in that. Like I was both repulsed by it, 
Like the way he like, flicked his cigarette out. Well, I was repulsed by it, but it was also like, okay, here's here's what it is. This is what it is. Um, and this is why I think a lot of people sometimes just date. Like, they know what it is. You know what I mean? Like They, they know they're dating like, the wrong guy. Yeah, yeah. But for me, at least in that stage, I had surrounded myself by liars. Like, people who, who, who were like... Oh, like again, it was the religious piece of like, oh, I'm so snooty and I'm I do the right thing and I you know I read the Bible and I blee blah 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 and they <laughs> I'm were allowed all to be an asshole like, because I read the Bible. Well, no, but kind of, and they were just so sneaky about their behaviors and it, there were so many double standards and this guy and some of these other just bad boy types were like, their shit was just out there, like yeah, I'm in a litter. Yep, yeah, I'm an alcoholic. Like, <laughs> yep, I, you know, and so, it's just like so I was torn between yeah. this, like, and that's maybe my own personal struggle. But I think there's probably people who can relate to that. Of like a, you realized what's not for you, but you don't want to abandon right. it entirely. And then, you know, my thing was like, well, were you gonna ask me a question? Because I'm about I to was, move on. I was just gonna say, so really, bad boys are just open with their shittiness, and that's what makes them bad boys. They're just okay with their in that terrible situation. Yeah, I yeah. can't speak for everyone and say that's the appeal, but that's maybe sometimes the appeal. That was the appeal to me of like the it, it's the I don't give a shit attitude, and I don't have mm-hmm. to answer to anyone, and yeah. I can just even if I'm a piece of shit, even if I'm a fucking litter bug because i'm sorry it is next level to throw a pop to throw a pop can out the window of your car it is it's really not that hard to find somewhere you know what ultimately (laughs) we should recycle right even though only nine percent of what we recycle just whatever that's another conversation okay but ultimately he should have recycled it he should have found a receptacle somewhere and placed it in there but he didn't but he didn't. But he didn't. But and he threw at the it very out least, in a flourish. At the very least, and then looked at me and winked. At the very least, you can find a fucking trash can anywhere on the side of the road. You know what I mean? You don't need to throw it out your goddamn mm-hmm. window. Okay, so there's something next level there that was both repulsive and like, all right, this is okay. And just sexy. Yep. Oh god, <laughs> but it, it wasn't. So I guess you know. But that's that's what goes back to your twenties. If like you're trying to yeah. find yourself, you're trying to understand your experiences, and along the way, you do put time and energy, which is exhausting, into mm-hmm. people who don't deserve it or who aren't the right person for you because you think that's what you want, or you're not sure what you want. You just know what you don't want, so mm-hmm. you put up with something for the time being, whatever it is, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so. All right, that's that's part of it. But in my situation, you know, of course, I got pregnant, and yeah. so that changed my priorities and kind of pushed me back to the Christian thing of like, oh no, now I need to find a family for this child because this, you know, whatever it is, you know, I didn't abandon it entirely. And honestly, like, you know, it wasn't until just it, it took my divorce and it took just having other experiences to realize I actually wanted nothing to do with that religion Mm -hmm. and, and that I wanted somebody who was like driven and committed to personal growth. Like I am not necessarily personal growth related to a religion, um, but somebody who was willing to learn like me to Mm -hmm. look back on their experiences or what's been taught to them, maybe realize Okay, well, not just a new skill, but learn, like, 
you know what? Yeah. This is worth pursuing in life. Or you know mm-hmm. what? Maybe that part of myself isn't really who I am. Maybe I need to grow into this instead. And that that's the issues that I had in my 30s with dating is a lot of people just, you know, they're... You'd mentioned in, in conversations like, you know, dating in your 30s, though, too, that, that people disappointed you, though, too. Mm-hmm. They would set themselves up as these heroic figures, almost, and then just completely disappoint. And, you know, not that they were trying to be heroes, but but they were. I think I think most guys that are single have a hero complex where they where they they perform they perform those first weeks of dating of like, you know, look how great, look how awesome, look how amazing I am. I can be there for you and do this at the same time, you know, I'm Superman. And then, but then they disappoint you, you know, mm-hmm. um, the expectations are set high, I think by, by the majority of men, um, in the beginning of dating. And they think that that's what, that, that people want is, is that hero come in and save the day the prince charming but then they're they're really not so yes and no that's maybe where i'm different in that like by the time i was in my early 30s you know i was a single parent supporting myself and so yeah so it was like a which was actually i think intimidating but not in a way not in a way where they didn't want to date me it was intimidating where it's like they wanted to prove that I needed them. That, that, that's what I mean. They wanted to prove you so needed a hero. So it's not that I was high maintenance and making these demands of them. No. It's it's just that they wanted to prove that they were needed. Um, but here's the problem, and this is maybe where I fell into the roster, is like ultimately what I wanted and needed in dating was someone I could talk to and someone who would grow with me and someone who... Like someone I could talk to about the things I cared about, and none of them had that. And I found mm-hmm. myself in a roster situation, not because I liked it, but because it was like nobody actually could give me what I wanted, which was that sense of companionship, which was that, you know, hey, like, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I wanted that sense of companionship, I wanted somebody who could grow personally who could reflect on things because that's what what I did that's what I learned that I valued was personal growth and so few people had that and but somehow I did (laughs) you do I do yeah yeah Yeah, but um so similar to you the exhausting thing about dating is when you are dating around multiple people you put time and energy into that and there's something to what you said about managing multiple people's emotions where it's like it gets exhausting Mm -hmm. and online dating is another whole thing but like we talked about that a little bit just off the podcast of like my issue and I didn't do online dating long there was like a few months where I tried it was like okay what is this you know like I looked at it here's what sucks about it is that you you're putting typically you'll swipe a certain way on more than one person at more than one time i never wanted a roster i never wanted someone just to talk to on a friday night like i was looking you know for a relationship Mm -hmm. so it was exhausting trying to start conversations with these people 
many of whom just had nothing interesting to say <laughs> or didn't know how to carry on a conversation. Um, and that's where a lot of people disappointed. They don't know how to actively listen and how to ask questions and how to actually listen to someone else for the pure yeah. interest of getting to know them. So many people don't know how to do that. And and it's stupid. And Did they you, seem stupid yeah. because of it. Did you get any good opening lines, though? From from guys that matched with you, no, like, no, nothing notable, no. notable, nothing. Hey, like that was about it. Yeah, or it was cheesy. Okay, you know? yeah, like See, that's what was, I'm looking for. Is the, I'm trying to think. Like, I but but hey here's girl. but here's the problem is that none of them were even memorable enough that I could tell you. Like right. I'd love to give you an example, but none of them, even the cheesy ones. Even the cheesy ones were bad cheesy ones. They weren't cheesy enough they weren't, that I could remember. They weren't cute enough to be like, actually, that's clever. Yeah, or even yeah. even cheesy enough. Like, I'm saying it, it's not even like they were cheesy for the sake of being dramatic. Like, yeah, they up your game, interesting. people. And so, but it was a lot of time and energy put into trying to start conversations. And my goal, ultimately, was to go on a date and mm-hmm. meet someone. Um and not everybody online is like interested in doing that right away. And it's no. like, well, then what are you doing? You know, so killing time, so, creating a roster. That's what mm-hmm. they're doing is they're they're casting their line to get someone to talk to and kind of string along a little bit. And then when they're ready and needing something, then they reach out. Mm-hmm. I've never done online dating. I know this isn't about me, but we, we spoke last night about online dating Um and I wish that we could log into your your old account because mm-hmm. I would love to see these messages, even the corny ones, mm-hmm. even the cheesy ones, because because guys, up your game a little bit, say hello. It, well, actually, ask about, ask a question. Yeah, but like know how to talk about it, which is like not <laughs> just, and it, it's hard to think of an example, but that's that's what was different. Yeah. Than you. You you weren't... That's what was different with you right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing that we go back to in our episode about why we're together and the thing that I always tell people is when I met you, I started a conversation I never wanted to finish and it mm-hmm. didn't feel like work. I yeah. was excited. The more we talked about, the more excited I got and it didn't feel like work to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Um. And I didn't feel like I had to put on a front. That's the other thing of like, oh, what can I say to sound clever? And sure, I wanted to impress you and of I course, wanted to flirt, yeah. but it wasn't like a, ooh, what's this witty thing? It just was very mm-hmm. natural. Yeah. Um, and and you, you know, opened with a Lord of the Rings uh, <laughs> quote, and I was hooked. <laughs> <laughs> but even that was natural. It didn't. I was like, yeah, like part wasn't. of me knew that it would probably impress you, which is yeah, why I said it. But it was it was also <laughs> me and something I actually thought, you right? Know? Yeah. So it wasn't no, something yeah. I was just thinking of for the sake of. I was like, oh, I actually kind of think of this when I think about him, and he would probably yeah think it's hot. So here we go. But and I did. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Um. Token. Yeah. There he is. I was going to say one other thing, and now I forgot, but um, here's here's what I wanted to say of like, you know, I maybe to wrap up, I don't know, we were also talking about last night, like, well, how, how, you, how do you know, um, right? That's always the question, and 
you know, there's a whole other conversation of, can you have multiple right people? Most people would say yes. Um, for me personally, um, with every single person I've dated, even some of the people who were longer term people in my life, like we're talking even 10, 15 years, certain people would Mm -hmm. come in and out of my life. And there's one or two of them where it's like, I, you know, that one where you always wonder what could have been (laughs) not truth be told. If it, if it was actually something you wanted you would have made it happen. Yeah. And I can think back on that person. There's there's one particular person, I guess, and it's like, if I really wanted that, there were plenty of opportunities to actually make that happen. Is that the guy that and wrote the song for you? Yes. Okay. Um, I really need to know more about this, well, this man. I someday. need his location. Oh, and Jesus. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Um, would have made it happen. And, yeah, and I, yeah. and I didn't, um, and, and I, and even early on, cause you and I haven't been together that long, but like it's like a few weeks, yeah. you, but it's like, you just, <laughs> you just, I never had that feeling like something was missing with you. Mm-hmm. Like our, our relationship isn't perfect. We have problems, but oh, yeah. I never feel like, oh yeah, no, there's there's something missing well and not even a red flag it's like oh it doesn't feel like anything's missing um Mm. and it always felt like with everybody else like literally everybody else something was missing Mm -hmm. um and it's a cliche statement but just when mm -hmm. you know you know Mm -hmm. but when you know you do know Mm -hmm. and you can't it's hard to define the difference because it's small things like today it's the reason why I fell for you was I was excited to see your texts and your calls, but tomorrow it will be your smile or something. Mm-hmm. And then the next day it'll be, you know, dead ass or whatever, you know, like it'll be something, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, yeah. it, so I, 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 I do feel like, like, uh, it's hard to define the mm-hmm. why it's different. We have seen what's out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just didn't work that w- what was mm-hmm. out there, but it's working for us now. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of crazies out there, oh, which we didn't even really touch on in Thank this God. episode. But yeah, there's maybe we'll save that for a future one. Some crazy stories of just crazy like crazy ex stories, crazy ex, but even just crazy dating shit where date one, <laughs> what in the fuck? Like, you know, like just a. The nerve. The nerve. And the, the things nerve. that people, the things that people did. Because I've got some stories there. So, yeah, we didn't even touch on the crazies or mm. just the, we'll the things there. that people think are a good idea. But, yeah, that'll, yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a future one. Because we yeah. both have seen some things. Yeah. All right. Should we wrap it up? Every time? See, I was done. We both have seen some things with yeah. my line, and then I thought you were going to do your thing where you say something goofy at the end and then hit stop. Oh, like yabba dabba dizzle. <laughs>